Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. All right, I'm John. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, normally John would be up here this morning. Unfortunately, John called us, and uh, he has the flu. He had fever and chills, and uh, it uh, is, believe it or not, in 20 years of this church, the first time John has ever missed a Sunday because he's been sick. Isn't that crazy? So we can praise God for his amazing health, the 20 years of health, but uh, we can continue to pray for his healing. And so I'm just up here pinch hitting. I'm not going to be long because we have some other guest speakers. So it's, uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be an awesome morning. And we're starting a series called Why? Why? Why do we do the things we do? We, we need to ask ourselves this, right? As, as Christians, why, do, why are we doing church? Why are we doing this team world vision thing again for the seventh year. You might have some compassion fatigue. Be like, man, I've heard about team world vision. For seven years, I've heard about it. It's, uh, why are we doing this? So we want to remind you today why we're doing it. And uh, we hope that God speaks to you. And if you've never been a part of it, we, and maybe you have been a part of it, we want to we want to ask you to jump in again. We're just going to be uh, super clear about that. Our, our hope is that you would respond in some way today to what God puts on your heart. Okay, so why are we doing this? We're doing this because there, there are millions of kids and families without water, and you're going to hear about the need in a little bit. We're doing it because the, it's not finished. The work is not yet completed Amen. It's not completed in us, and it's not completed in the world. And so God is calling us to make an impact in this world. That's why he has put this church together, this family together, to make an impact. We have, in the last seven years, raised over $770,000 for clean water. Can we just praise God for a minute? That is so incredible. That's 15,400 people. And... uh, for four years, um, 15,400 people that have clean water that did not previously have clean water because of this congregation and your efforts. Let me just be really clear about that. That's incredible. So excited about that. But I, I think God's not done yet, right? He's not done with us. He's not done with what he wants to do in and through us. And, and like many of you, I sat there for four years the first four years of Team World Vision, and I was like, I hate running. I'm not a runner. I am a swimmer. I, I'm a water polo player. I like being in the ocean. I'm, this land stuff is not for me. And they can do that running thing for four years. And then a couple years ago, God put it on my heart to, to step off the cliff and jump in and say yes. And I got to tell you, it has been a life-changing experience for me. and my family, to be part of this movement. It's, it is powerful, and God used it in so many ways to bring us closer together as a family, to reconnect me to old friends, to watch God just 
provide resources and fundraising and stuff that I just couldn't do on my own and to give me the strength and the energy to keep going. And gosh, I learned so much. I, I think one of the lessons that, that I'll never forget is just the, the pain of absorbing other people's pain, the, the suffering that you go through. And, and this, is, this is an awesome recruiting job right now, I understand. But the, uh, the, it, <laughs> there's a lot of joy in it, too. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, right? The joy set before Jesus. That's why he did it. He knew it was going to bring joy. And, and I, I, I knew that, but I had to test it for myself, and it's true. Absorbing other people's pain brings joy in your life. It will. And you're going to hear some stories about that today. You're going you're to just be challenged to, do, do I believe that? Do I believe what Jesus did on that cross, absorbing all our pain, all our suffering, that I'm actually called into that somehow in my life? Am I called into absorbing other people's pain? So we're gonna, I'm going to bring Casey out first because her story is so powerful. And then we're going to hear from Lindsay. And uh, Casey's agreed to share her incredible story of how God called her into this. You want to use this mic? Oh, my gosh. No, yeah, you got one. Perfect. All right. I'll let you do it. It's weird to be out here. I'm like, comfortable back there? Not so much out here. Let's pray. I need to pray. Will you pray with me? Mm. Lord. Will you give me the words to say? Let them be your words and not mine. Would you help me to do honor to the story that you have given me because it's your story? And Lord, would you open all of our hearts and ears to listen and hear your voice and have the courage to respond? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Well, that's where my story, oh, this is super loud. Um, thank you. That's where my story started, actually, with the word listen. I typically, or the last five years, have been picking a word for the year, a word that I would lean into and kind of saw as maybe a growth edge. And the word listen came to me when I was reading in Psalm 27, 8. I think it's up on the screen. It said, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. And that just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, I want a heart that responds to God like that. I want to be able to hear God say, come and talk to me. And so I began to sink into that, and I chose that word as listen for my uh, word of the year. And the more that I leaned into it, the more that I realized if I'm listening to God and I'm expecting him to speak to me, I better be ready to know what I'm going to do if he actually speaks. <laughs> scary thought. And so um, I began to pray this prayer that was a very scary prayer, actually. It was, Lord, what is my next step of obedience? Because I knew that if God spoke, I wanted to obey. I wanted to respond. I wanted to say yes. And so that is where I was in October of 2017 when I came into this church on Team World Vision Sunday. I had been leaning into listening and what does it look like to obey when God speaks. Now, I have to say, I was like Jono. I had been here for four years previous. Not my thing. I knew, like, this is not something God's going to call me to do. I hate running. I love sleeping, like the, the Saturday morning runs, that is not going to work for me. Um, I think I'd maybe run consecutively two miles in a row in my whole life ever, 
And so I just thought, God wouldn't call me to do this thing that is so outside of my capabilities. Um, and I had seen friends just get totally wrecked by the cause, and I was jealous of that. I, I saw them, um, some of my best friends have been just wrecked by seeing these kids struggle to get clean water, and God had moved in them, and it was working through them, and I was cheering them on, and I was giving my money, but still that moment had never happened for me, and I think I, I expected that that was what was supposed to happen. Like, it had to be this emotional experience. And so I left that Sunday. I did not come forward. Um, however, I had been in this season of listening. And as John often says, notice what you notice. Um, I was noticing that there was a lot of conversations coming up about this. I was thinking about it more. It kept popping into my mind um, all after church on Sunday. So many people, I'm thinking of running. Are you going to run? What do you think? Should we run? I mean, it was, I was like, ah. Um, and then Monday night at Life Group, same thing. So I went to bed Monday night and woke up on Tuesday morning having had this really vivid dream about me running on a Saturday morning with Team World Vision. So that's like shocker, number one. And there were the kids with the jugs of water, you know, walking next to us. And I was kind of rattled when I woke up. And I heard God say from that psalm, come and talk to me about it. It's like, oh, super early. I'm making my way to the living room. And I don't know if it's because I was super tired or just in a sassy mood. I was talking to Jesus and I was saying, okay, Lord, this keeps coming up. We need to decide this this morning. Like when I'm done with my quiet time with you, I want a yes or a no. Okay? It's like, all right, Lord. And then I went even a step further, and this is not something I usually do, and I don't recommend it, but um, I said, okay, God, if I'm supposed to do this, will you just put the word run in any of the Bible pas passages that I read? Or any... <laughs> I know, I know. Not best practices, but God is, God is super kind, and I think he has a sense of humor, too. So, so I went out and I sit down and I end up in Lamentations and I'm reading these passages and it is all about how God's people are just in these devastating circumstances. They don't have water to drink. The women are getting molested and raped and I mean, it's just all over. It's literally the same thing that I had just heard on Sunday morning about what was happening in Africa and the DR Congo. So these are literally the passages the phrases that are popping out to me. The parched tongues of their little ones stick to the roofs of their mouths in thirst. We have, we have to pay for water to drink. Boys stagger under heavy loads. I mean, it was obvious, right? And I would like to say that I, was, uh, that I heard God's voice in that moment, and I said, yes, I'm going to do it. But I didn't. I was like, there's not the word run in any of this passage. <laughs> yeah. So... Like, literally, this is so embarrassing to even say that. But So I, I continue, and the next uh, book that I'm reading is actually a book on the Sabbath. And I literally had the thought, oh, this is safe. This is a book on rest. There's not going to be any running in here. <laughs> Very slow on the uptake. So I open it up, and the second paragraph in, there it is, the word run. One sentence later, there it is again, the word run. One more time in the same paragraph, three times. There's the words run. And I was like, okay, Lord, you are so kind to even answer this ridiculous request, and I am going to say yes to you. 
I immediately told my husband, emailed the team captains, because I knew I was going to chicken out if I didn't. It's like God just told me very clearly that I was supposed to run this marathon. And I have to say in that moment, it was completely and only about obedience. I was saying yes. I did not understand how I was going to do this. Um, I did not feel that, you know, heart experience, emotion happening yet. Um, but I chose to be obedient and um, God just swooped in and did the rest. And so long story short, I did run the LA Marathon. I did not die. <laughs> it was an amazing experience and I can tell you all about all of that stuff later, but I wanted to just uh, impart to you some things that I learned in the process. Um, one, that obedience is the path towards transformation. At least it has been in my life. I can point to multiple times when, especially in those moments where I'm looking at this mountain that God wants me to climb, and there's a ton of fear, and there's a ton of inadequacy, and like I'm incapable, and I don't have the tools that I need, and I don't understand how it's supposed to happen, but he's clearly asking me to do it. And like Jonah said, I jump off the cliff. And those are the times when my faith is increased, my heart is transformed, he shows up in just huge and crazy ways. And, and I think that's kind of the point, is that God gets to show off in those moments because it's so obviously not about me. Like, there's no way that I can just gut it out on my own. He gets to get all the glory, and it's super easy to just point back to him. So that's number one. Uh, number two, I learned that he always gives us everything we need to do what he has asked us to do. He is so kind, you guys. He doesn't leave us high and dry. He doesn't ask us to do something or jump off a cliff and then not give us the parachute, you know, or not give us the safe landing. Um, he's with us right there in it, but he's wanting us to take that first step. So you can count on that, that he's going to give you what you need if he's calling you to do it. And not only what you need, but more than what you need. That's my third point, that he is a God of abundance. He is so much bigger, like John says every week, so much bigger and better than you think. And it is so true, and I think we get to see that when we take a leap of faith, when we take that step, and we don't know where, where what we need is going to come from. It has to come from him. Um, and then finally, I learned so much about community. I think doing hard things together is so formative. It breaks down walls between us. It paves the way for vulnerability, for connection. And as if that weren't enough, doing hard things together for the kingdom is like, just blow me out of the water. I mean, we get a chance to participate in making something right that is very, very wrong. And that is kingdom work. I mean, that's here and now, heaven on earth, God's kingdom come, we want to restore what is broken in Africa. And we get a chance to do that by just saying yes. And we don't have to do it by ourselves. I mean, it's impossible to do it by ourselves, but getting to do it together, it's like we are, we are stronger together. So that's like the, <laughs> the motto, right? So, <laughs> so I can honestly say my yes to run the LA Marathon for Clean Water changed me. That is my testimony. I ran to be obedient, and I do think that is enough, but I think our God is so good that he doesn't just care about us checking boxes for the sake of checking boxes. He actually wants to use these moments of obedience to transform us and to transform other people in the process. So my prayer is that you might be open, heart is an open space, to listen this morning, 
listen for his voice and maybe make a decision that you're going to obey him with whatever he says. And it may not be the marathon. It may be something else that he's calling you to do. But I do think God is speaking and he's waiting for us to be obedient to, to his voice. So thank you. Thanks. Thanks for letting me share. I'm going to, Lindsay's going to come up next, but watch this little video before she comes. I remember hearing about the global water crisis for the first time. I could have shut down, been numb by it. The issue was too big. Someone else would do something about it. But God was calling me to be broken by the global water crisis, to do something, to be awakened and activated, to move my feet and run a marathon to change the course of a child's life and the course of mine. But was it for me? I'm not a runner. Marathons, fundraising, that's just not me. I'm not a runner, I'm not somebody who does athletic events. Or is this opportunity for me? Could I maybe, just maybe, say yes? When we say yes to God's crazy invitations, boldly trusting in his faithfulness, he does amazing things. Because on the other side of yes is water and fullness of life. And God has something in it for you. And believe it or not, this is going to be fun. Because this isn't just running. This isn't just water. This is the church. This is the body of Christ coming together to love and serve the least of these brothers and sisters of ours to see and experience God's transformational power. This is a revival. Will you join us? Good morning. Good morning, Ocean Hills. Man, I didn't expect that one to get me. <laughs> Friends, we're part of heaven right here on earth. Right now. There are these thin spaces, right? Have you heard about the thin spaces where it's the world and it's Jesus and it's God and it's really thin and you can feel that we're part of something so much more? And Ephesians, right, says, to him who can do immeasurably more than all that we could ask or imagine according to his power already at work, where? In us. His power already at work in us, in me, in you. That is the kingdom right here on earth. Like our sister just testified, he will give us all the things that we need to do if he has called us to do it. Amen. Give me an amen. Come on. Because we got to claim those truths in our lives today, in the here, in the now, and step into those thin spaces because God is pressing into this world, saying, I am not done yet. And there's more to be done, and I'm going to do it through you. Together, that our God goes before us and behind us and right next to us. And guys, the first time I was asked, will you join me? I said, no. <laughs> and oh, 
Because my friend Sarah from college called me. She's well over 300 pounds. She called me and asked me to run a half marathon with her. And I said, no. I said, I'll give you my bed. I will be your water station. I will bring you all the things that you need. But I have no interest in running a half marathon. Not to mention that for years prior to that, three years prior to that, I had had these awful back problems, which I still chronically suffer from today. I was on bed rest multiple times, and I, uh, it took all the energy in my body that I had to be able to move my feet just back and forth. There was no way I could run a half marathon, let alone enthusiastically say yes to Sarah. And she broke it down for me, y'all. She was engaged to this guy. They had bought a house. They were getting married. She found out that he was cheating on her and that everything she thought was true was not. And she said, Lindsay, I need a friend and a goal to get out of bed in the morning. And I choose you. So I said, yes, very quietly. <laughs> and I went out and I moved my feet for 20 minutes, just walked 20 minutes that next day. And I got myself together and I jogged 20 minutes the next day. And then I went to the gym on the third day and pulled around on some things and made it look like I kind of knew what I was doing. But here's the thing, in that period of time when I said yes, Sarah was in Michigan and I was in Pasadena and together we trained far apart and it wasn't what God did in, it wasn't the miles that changed my life, but what God did in those miles that transformed me. And like you heard earlier, I was left when I crossed that finish line with this question of God, if I can do this, what else do I have capacity to do? Amen. And nine months later, I met a crazy dude that a lot of you all know named John Huddle. And he asked me my story, and I told him about Sarah, and he said, what if I tell you that those miles that changed your life could literally save lives in Africa? And he started telling me about Ava, his 10-year-old sponsored child that walked a, three times a day, a 10K a day, three times a day, 30 kilometers, my friends, 15 of them with a jerry can on her back. Can you grab that, Jono? It's not full, so we can. Guys, this is 50 pounds when you fill this thing up and you put it on your back. 10 years old, she'd fill this thing as much as she could three times a day. There was no time for school. There's no time for fun. And the water that she's putting in this can, we wouldn't wash our cars with. And they're cooking with it and cleaning with it. They're bathing in it. We wouldn't wash our cars with it. And that was her life at 10 years old. And he said one day in the mail, he got a picture of Ava with a Swahili textbook. And he knew the walk was over. Because if she's in school, that means that she has clean water. But friends, if that's not enough, when Ava's going out to get clean water, that source is the top source of human trafficking on the planet. Kids fight off animal attacks to get this water from a dirty swamp or a riverbed. But it's not just that. I mean, World Vision, number one provider of clean water on the planet by the grace of God, right? $50 is sustainable clean water for one person's life. And that's through a gravity-fed pipeline, a solar-powered pump. I mean, unbelievable filtration systems. This is genius brain science type of work. I mean, it is unbelievable what people are able to do just through $50, one gift at a time that pools together so that over 700,000 can be raised, so over 15,000 people can have clean water. This is large-scale sustainable development that is not a hand out, but a hand up, amen? 
because that's the way Jesus does his work in his kingdom, amen? Hand up, not a hand out, so that we can live not just life, but life to the full, amen? But here's what I want you to think about. I want you to take it a step further. I want you to think about schools. I want you to think about hospitals. The need for clean water isn't just about one person walking for miles and miles and hours and hours a day. There's a hospital in Congo right outside of the area that you all do your work. And people inside Gamena, the Ledia ADP project, saw this hospital and they recognized that this hospital serves 68,000 people and it has water three days a week for one hour a day. And when I heard that story, it got real personal because my husband and I just had our first little girl. She's 11 months old next week. And then I had lunch with uh, the Hammonds yesterday and I saw Brianna and baby Sutton and that beautiful, beautiful little life. And I thought, what if we were in that hospital? 50% of hospitals in Africa right now don't have running water or soap. In childbirth, the thing that brings life, births life into the world, is the number one killer of women on the planet. And it's just because of water and sanitation and hygiene. And my friends, that hospital that I just told you about, there is a project that's in progress right now to fully fund that hospital so that it has clean water 24 hours a day, seven days a week, so that all can experience the fullness of life, amen? We have done that work together. We have done that work together. But my question to you is, is it good enough? Is that good enough for God, that one hospital? Or does he want them all? And would you go to that hospital? Because the reality is we're here and they're there. But if we were there, that would be our story. And that is not God's story. That is not the story that he has written. He has written one of life. So my friends, as Jono and I were praying about what does this 2020 season of Team World Vision look like for Ocean Hills? What could it look like in this 2020 year? I'll tell you that I had a scary prayer revelation because <laughs> I heard 20,000. And I said, Lord, that's a million dollars. You want me to stand in front of these folks and tell them that we're going to get 20,000 kids clean water and we're going to raise a million dollars? And he said, yes. Because here's the reality, my friends. You in your faithfulness, moving one foot in front of the other for the last six years, on this seventh year, that holy number year of Team World Vision, right here through Ocean Hills, I believe, and we believe, and I talked to Brianna yesterday, and I said, I got this crazy prayer in my gut, and I know I'm supposed to share it. Without a flinch, she said, that's it. That this is the year. This is the year that Ocean Hills hits a million and celebrates 20,000 people with sustainable clean water for life. Come on. 2020, LA Marathon, Ocean Hills, 20,000 kids with clean water for life. And here's the thing. If we've got the 20s rolling, guess what? Say 20. Because training starts with 20 minutes. It's designed for a couch potato. We have a couch to course plan that will take you out of your couch to the course and you can go back to the couch if you want. But it starts next Saturday with that 20 minutes. And if you all are saying that 20 minutes, come on, Lindsay, then you can start with three miles and you can take on the full marathon. Starting next Saturday, we gather together. And when we are together, we do go farther together and God transforms us together. 
because he always has more than what we could ask. That Ephesians prayer, he does more than we could ask or imagine. It's because we have to step into something we don't think we can do so we can see God do it. Amen? We have to be willing to step out of our comfort zones, but more so step into obedience because there's always someone on the other side of our obedience. So friends, I'm asking you, if God is whispering into your ear, you can do this. And even if you're hearing a really nasty yell on this side, <laughs> you might be crazy. I pray that you quiet, quiet that yell and that you grab a hold of that whisper and you come right here to the front of this theater right after the service because we're going to rise up and we're going to move our feet nice and slow in an obedient, faithful direction so that we can celebrate 20,000 children in 2020 with clean water for the rest of their lives. Amen? Amen. So right after the service, come on down. We're going to answer all your questions, and um, we're going to see what God has in store for us. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Let's, let's say a prayer together. Would you bow your heads with me, and let's ask God to just solidify what... What's on our hearts? What is he saying? What's he speaking? What's one thing you heard today that God is just putting on your heart in this moment? God, we're so grateful to be invited into your family and to be invited into your mission, God, mm -hmm. to bring heaven to earth. Mm -hmm. Thank you mm -hmm. for letting us partner with you. What a joy it is. And I, I just pray, whatever you're speaking to people's hearts right now, God, you would just, uh, you would solidify it. You would toss out all fear, God, that, that, your love would just cover that, that you're going to, exactly what Casey said, you're going to take care mm -hmm. of whatever you're calling people to. You're going to provide in every way abundantly. So we just step out in faith. God, we thank you. We step out in faith today. We want to obey you. Thank you for what you've let us experience this morning. And we just make a commitment to take that next step of obedience towards you. And just with our, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if, if you sense God just saying, I, I, I think God's calling me to this, to the half marathon or to the marathon or to the cycle team or to help out in some way, bring clean water to kids. Would you just put your hand up this morning just as a, as a commitment Say, I want to be a part of what you're doing, God. Amen. So, God, we just seal these commitments to you. We, we thank you for calling us out for, as we step off the cliff, for just catching us in your grace and your love and your mercy. And we pray, Lord, for this dream, for 20,000 children. We pray for this dream to come through, to come true in your time, in your world, God, in your kingdom, would you bring it this year? God, thank you so much for what you're doing. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page on OceanHills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app. 